Medicare for all. Your bros can suck my balls. Fuck your reply, guys. Please don't fuck your reply, guys. Just listen to Reply Guys. Hello and welcome back to Reply Guys. The leftist feminist comedy podcast for the rest of us. I am Kate Willett. And I'm Julia Clare. Thank you so much to all of you that came out to see us at Union Hall last night. It was really great to see you there. It Thank was you very again. fun. And I got some like DMs from people who came to the show. Um, and I was like, why didn't you say, come on, say hi after. Come on. Say hi to me. <laughs> I love your I love your new bit about me and stoners. It is so funny. Thank you, thank you. It's based on uh, my hurtful pe- truth. <laughs> um, so we I had originally intended to have Lyra back on the program today, uh, but you know she is a lawyer and she's really busy. So we are going to have her, she, something came up for her, but we're going to have her on uh, either later this week or for next week's episode. And she's going to be joining us to talk about um, all this BS in, in Texas. Mm -hmm. She's been really on the front lines of it. um, And um, I'm really looking forward to that conversation when she's able to come on. Me too. She's so cool. And we, you know, we want to have, some more uh, trans activists on the show. Uh, And Lyra gave us both a bunch of, she connected us with a bunch of great people. So I'm really excited about our guests in the future, Um, particularly trans people of color. Um, So I just wanted to start off today's episode with a little um, piece of listener feedback that we got. We actually got an email from a listener um, and I just want to, and you know, we'll, we'll try to get to, to all that we can, but, um, I just want to say that we are always like open to within reason hearing feedback from listeners. And I take like, for example, that we have too much vocal fry, right? that we have too much yeah. vocal fry and keep you know, sending us that, keep sending yeah. us that. We've heard it. We, we see you, we hear you. Yeah. Um, we stand with you. We st- <laughs> It's true. Yep. Um, uh, So we love that piece of feedback. That's the one that we get the most, which I don't, uh, I mean, come on, folks. But anyways, so I got this, uh, one of our our listeners DM'd me on Twitter, and uh, she basically, she is a trans woman, and she had some kind of like, she objections to some stuff that we that particularly uh relating to the trans community uh that has been shared on the show and i was like could you put this in an email and i'll read it uh and so she did she and you guys can send me emails it's in my it's through my website it's linked on my twitter um And so I'm just going to read part of this email. Um, And it is from one of our listeners named Ginger. Um, It says, hi, Julia. We spoke briefly on Twitter, and I just wanted to talk about a couple things that were said in passing on your podcast the last couple of weeks that I would like to contest. 
First is simplest. In your latest episode, uh, one of you had said that you had reservations about children permanently altering their bodies before they're old enough to be sure. Rest assured, the trans community and doctors who take care of us are of the same mind. We want for children who are exploring their gender uh, to uh, is what we want for children who are exploring their gender is to be able to take puberty blockers so that their bodies don't change. They can take time to decide whether they want to start taking hormones or if they've decided uh, they want to halt the blockers. Puberty blockers have been proven safe and effective with few side effects. Sex reassignment surgeries under the age of 18 are rare if they happen at all. And this is an excellent point. And by the way, it was me who said that I had reservations about that in the context of being genuine. I want to say like, I would never, I mean, I said this last week on the show in the context of my horror at the, uh, the directive that was, uh, made by Texas governor, Greg Abbott, um, declaring, um, any treatment of trans kids as child abuse uh, that could be that could result in those kids being taken away from their parents and uh, their parents charged criminally. Yeah, and it's I think that it's already I've seen on Twitter. It seems like that is already starting to to happen. I don't know right. about the cl- clinical uh, criminal charges, but people are being visited by CPS, yep. which is terrible. I mean, so yeah. And I like, I, I mean, I, w- I want to say like, again, we've been doing the show for almost three years and it's like thinking about this is, uh, you know, speaking about this last week is like the first time that I've ever, like, I think I've ever like choked up on air. Um, I am horrified by this. Uh, and so, but I, you know, I had said, Basically, what I said in passing was that I've had like, you know, I have had reservations about it in the past. But to Ginger's point, I I think that this is an excellent clarification because I didn't know this myself. I didn't know um, kind of the the distinction. I, I, I knew that puberty blockers and hormones are two different things. Um, but I think that this clarification is a good one and it kind of helps to dispel some of the, uh, the like right wing talking points. Um, and particularly some of them, even like neolib talking points from those people who, you know, we mentioned, uh, last week, uh, Abigail Schreer, who wrote that book, Irreversible Damage. <laughs> like, like, it's, it is really helpful um, to, to kind of reframe that. So I really appreciate this clarification, not only for myself, uh, but also for anyone who, who might have similar, I, I, I think it is reframing it as puberty blocker is just like being a way for kids exploring their gender to be able to like delay their bodies from changing in a, in a a really safe way. That's like reversible. Um, yeah. Abigail Schreer, she's going to have to change the title of her book. (laughs) 
<laughs> irreversible damage. What a loony. Yeah. Um, but I really thank you for this. And the second part of this was from a while ago. Um, um, a guest on we apparently we had a guest on the week before who talked about how Dave Chappelle was quote unquote canceled for telling jokes about trans people. So I, this is quite, um, this is quite lengthy. I'm not going to read this whole thing because honestly, Kate, uh, the points mentioned herein, Kate and I have, are in agreement with, um, I don't, you know, we don't think that this is like some, episode of cancel culture gone awry like dave Chappelle is a turf and uh, i mean he's he says so yeah he <laughs> he says i'm a turf to it uh, <laughs> yeah and yeah. uh yeah i totally agree here um and i also don't know which guest this is referring I, this to. is probably i'm imagining that this is actually about my conversation with laura kipnis okay. so i i can probably speak to that one um yeah uh what did what did this person okay this yeah. person um or ginger i think you ginger. said ginger yes ginger yeah. um so said i'll outline some points here the trans community wasn't mad about the jokes Chappelle made they lacked originality we were upset because he stood on stage where millions of people would watch him and told people lies that can and will even hurt us uh, he said that J.K. Rowling was canceled for saying gender is a fact, and that's a gross misrepresentation of the truth. She was called out for parroting transphobia, including moral panic about the transgender movements stealing our daughters. Uh, she cannot be canceled. She has billions of dollars and millions of fans. Agree. He also said that TERFs are just feminists who don't think trans people should be included in feminism. That is also a lie. TERFs are a hate group associated with the alt-right who regularly harass, stalk, threaten, and assault trans people. Chappelle ignored this as he announced that he aligned with them. Um, yeah, Chappelle framed the struggles of the LGBTQ community against those of the black community in an us-versus-them mentality, seemingly believing that all queer people uh, are white and just ignoring the voices of black trans people. Absolutely. Um yeah this goes on for quite for quite some time i i just want to say that i completely agree um with all the points made here um and i think i would assume kate does as well yeah i mean i in terms of like the specifics of what dave chappelle said in his special i this person ginger is obviously more informed about that than i am i did watch dave Chappelle's special but it was a long time ago and i only watched it once and you know i i don't remember the specific content of his jokes other than like the really notable ones um yeah. like i'm a turf and uh <laughs> Which, i um, uh, again yes queen uh, yeah and also you know and also him i thought the to me like the part that really stood out of that special was him talking about his friend Daphne and I thought, you know, kind of blaming people for her death, like that, you know, didn't deserve to be 
blamed you Mm -hmm. know like I, i definitely think that like online bullying sucks you know i think like yeah, I mean, it sounded, but it sounded to me in the special like he was kind of saying, if I remember correctly, and I may not, um, that she um, died because she was getting pushback for working with Dave Chappelle. And I thought, like, at minimum, that's like an extremely narcissistic framing, mm-hmm. you know? Like, j- just like, I'm, I'm sure that you know, by the time, you know, anybody becomes depressed to the point that they want to end their life, there's multiple things going on. And I, I thought this was kind of a really, I don't know, just sort of self-centered <laughs> narcissistic view and not really, I don't know. I just, I was bothered by that part of it, you know? Um, I was bothered by a lot of parts of the special. I, I mean, I just, I you know, I don't think it was good. I thought that, you know, like, Again, like at minimum, Dave Chappelle is kind of he's like fixating on this beef that like he started. He's fueled. He's done like so many so much content about this. And it's like on the one hand, you know, like (laughs) I understand what it's like to get into a beef. I mean, I do it online and I I understand like sometimes like that impulse to be like, oh, like I'm going to uh you know, respond to everything and become fixated. Like, but the thing is, is one, he's wrong about, you know, most of what he's saying. And two, I mean, it's just so, it's so asymmetrical. Like Dave Chappelle is like a millionaire with a huge platform, many Netflix specials and. Multi, multi, multi millionaire. Yeah. And, you know, he's, uh, I mean, he's mad at some people you know, on the internet that, you know, obviously can't know uh, what any given poster's situation is, but chances are um, less power than Dave Chappelle, substantially, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I I definitely think that this is is an extremely weird use of his platform. I don't agree with what he said. Um, And also the fact that he is had a significant chunk about trans people in the last like four of his specials. It's yeah. not even just isolated into this one special. It has been again, the last four it's, it is a fixation at this point. Yeah. And you know, insofar as it, with my conversation with Laura Kibnis, um, you know, I, d- I definitely don't agree with, you know, everything. I don't agree with all of uh, Laura's viewpoints on Dave Chappelle's special, but I think that the, the essence of what she was saying um, in that conversation is, you know, that Dave Chappelle um, is expressing anxieties that a lot of people have in uh-huh. in the culture and that he's giving like a comedic voice to it. And that in her view, she thinks that comedy sh- should be something that you know, can sort of like express these anxieties that people have, um, even if it's, I don't know, about shitty stuff. And, you know, for myself, I definitely think that this was like a, I don't think that Dave Chappelle, I don't think in any way that Dave Chappelle should be 
fixating on this. Like, I think that he needs to move on. And, you know, in terms of like inaccurate information, that is definitely a good point. But I think it would also be fine to dislike the special just for it being transphobic. Like, even if that were the reason, that's a totally fine reason to dislike it. You know, I think that like, you know, with Laura, she's somebody that, in my opinion, like, uh, does have a very consistent history of being on the right side of things that um, I care about. And I know that, you know, she's written against JK Rowling's BS and, you know, she's, she's definitely not a turf, you know, I mean, I don't know her like personally, but I have read like all her books and I'm Uh very familiar with her work. And I mean, I, I definitely do not believe uh, Laura Kipnis to be somebody who in any way um, does not, fully support trans people having rights. Right. Um, I definitely think that Laura is somebody that is like a, a little bit, you know, kind of a more old school view of like, you know, like free speech, not just the, um, not just the like first amendment definition of free speech, but also kind of like welcoming, um, I don't know, d- dissenting and even bad opinions, like right. in and yeah, I think that that's like. I mean, I knew we would get some pushback from that, but I I think that it is, you know, an interesting perspective to to be somebody that is a leftist that does kind of firmly hold strong to like feminist viewpoints and um, you know, just is on the right side of, of every, you know, issue that has to do with like people's people being under attack in any way for Mm -hmm. their identity. But, you know, she, I think that she's also somebody that is like kind of more of that view of like the best way to, you know, kind of like defeat the bad ideas is to like bring them out into the light and, um, discuss them and, you know, respond with good ideas, kind of like, is sort of the more kind of like old older school like civil libertarian and i don't think that you know i mean it's like i'm a bit more i i'm not a i i would not describe myself as being like uh the most um the most towards deplatforming of like of, of anyone that exists like i do have concerns about corporate censorship right and of course i do have concerns about just online bullying in in general and i think it's interesting to talk to someone like laura but that doesn't mean that i think that dave Chappelle's special was good or that he should have used his right. giant platform that way to make all of these you know incorrect and ultimately petty points that it it wasn't that funny either you know what i mean (laughs) i mean that's like even the ones that were going like all the the clips uh that were going around on social media i'm like where are the jokes even yeah after after that special came out um i did a uh an interview with caitlin burns who has a podcast, um, Cancel Me Daddy. And uh, we talked a little bit about Dave Chappelle's special. I can't remember how much, but we did talk about like the general sort of conversation about cancel culture in general and how oftentimes like it's, it is 
like a, a grift that these people uh-huh. are using like to make money they, like, they're saying that they're canceled or whatever like you know jk rowling or dave Chappelle or whatever but the, like it's, it's actually bringing them like more audience and getting them more attention and you know i, th- I thought that was a really uh interesting conversation that maybe we will make um maybe we will, let's we'll release it on the main feed because caitlin is really smart um and uh it has spent a lot of time thinking about these issues in any case i guess you know the very like long-winded point that i'm trying to make is i i definitely think you know like we would not ever ever have someone on the show that isn't like fully in support of trans rights i just wouldn't do it and i think with these questions of like platforming deplatforming you know what we should be saying should just not be is not acceptable speech in public i do think that there's some room on those questions to engage and debate even yeah. with people that i don't fully agree with if that makes sense right this is this is a good point because as we need to as we continue to talk about quote unquote cancel culture and its intersection with comedy most of these very famous comedians cannot and will not actually be quote unquote canceled. Even the ones who ostensibly have been like, I see one more headline that says like canceled comedian, Louis CK. He's still touring. He's still like, uh, he's around all the time. He's still making a full robust living from doing comedy. I, I don't know. I like Dave Chappelle will, he's too powerful to be canceled. Uh, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, basically ginger, one of the points that ginger had was that we weren't even like a lot of people in the trans community were not actually calling for his cancellation or for the, um, or even for the special to be taken down. Uh, she said what we had actually called for was for people to listen to us and for Netflix to put content warnings for transphobia where applicable. Uh, there was a Netflix walkout led by a black pregnant trans man, but that doesn't get mentioned enough. Um, and they, uh, Ginger linked to the demands of the walkout. Um, and that was more or less the the gist of of her concerns vis-a-vis the Chappelle special, which we... Well, these are good points. And, you know, I, like, I think, you know, in terms of, like, I, I I try to definitely be aware of, like, never talking about any group of people like a monolith. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that people think all different things. But, you know, it is, I think, very salient points that, you know, in terms of, like, just that a big part of this is just like factual error, right. you know, or maybe not error. Maybe that's too generous an interpretation, but that, you know, he's just saying some things that are not true. Yeah. You know, untruths, factual misrepresentations, I think. And, you know, I, I'm always plugging Natalie Wynn's videos here, but her videos for gender critical, uh, they're called gender critical. And one is called JK Rowling. Uh, and she talks about this at length. The idea, again, the the gender critical video is kind of like a tongue in cheek one uh, who from 
another name that TERFs have given themselves is gender critical, quote unquote, because it, yeah, that's it sounds, their that's their name that's for themselves because they're like yeah. TERF is a slur. <laughs> that's so stupid. But um, but yeah, it's like it's that whole thing of um, the J- Dave Chappelle said. Oh, J.K. Rowling was canceled just for saying that there are biological differences between men and women. And they love to trot that out as because, but it's just simply not true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been thinking more broadly about like, and, and this is like a little bit of a tangent, but, you know, I've been thinking more broadly about like how part of the reason we are like in such a, a fucked timeline um right now is that everybody who is making any sort of point that is important is the worst possible person to be making it and <laughs> what i mean by that is like a lot of the people making a point about you know uh free speech and not being able to you know, to say a certain thing or whatever without risk of losing your job. Like the people who are are out there, you know, talking about this a lot of the time are the people who do want to say the most bigoted shit yeah. of all time. But it doesn't fully make the concern unreasonable. Like as mm-hmm. we, you know, sort of start to see a lot of Warhawk propaganda emerging you know i've been reminded a lot of the lead up to the iraq war and i was thinking about like janine garofalo and how she was basically blacklisted Mm -hmm. for opposing uh that war you know couldn't work in hollywood for quite some time and um and i was thinking about you know the the dixie chicks and i mean these are you know examples of very very famous people but you know there are um and let us, let us let us remember that the dixie chicks all natalie main said was george bush makes us embarrassed to be from texas yeah and that you know it, it's an indisputable point it's uh it was humiliating to be from texas <laughs> at that time um and they steamrolled dixie chicks records and now yeah, they're, and- can i can i just say an aside that i'm i don't think the chicks is a good band name um, they, no, it's stupid. They dropped, they dropped the Dixie, and I understand that, but I, I just, I just think that they should have gone full country and called themselves like the Yeehaw Ladies Collective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it's well, you know. So anyway, you know, I think that like, you know, in terms of like these debates about, you know information misinformation mm-hmm. you know there are uh, like a lot of uh, there the people that are are saying you know that the corporations should not be censoring are um are oftentimes pretty reactionary mm-hmm. um it's like very reactionary people that are making that point um and most of the time those people are on the right but you know i, I mean it's definitely has been used to see you know leftist uh leftist perspectives downgraded like you know are um redacted tonight i was never really a fan of that show i don't think it's like it's it's just not my taste but yeah. you know like it was a it was a leftist program chris hedges show i know chris hedges has you know said uh <laughs> this is a whole other can of worms he's yeah, he said yeah, some yeah. shit that people object to for completely valid reasons but you know in terms of like 
U.S. Uh, lust for war. He's made some really good points on that specific issue, you know, and, you know, we've seen, you know, these pe all these people deplatformed. Um, and, you know, there's just like there are, you know, we see people, the, uh, an example that's often brought up is, you know, people uh, being, you know, fired or, or censured for um, expressing criticism of of Israel mm -hmm. and um, their treatment of Palestinians, their violence, you know, and, and it's like <sighs> all of these things that when it comes to, you know, increased calls for, for corporate censorship or even people being, you know, fired from jobs for having like an opinion that is pissing people off. Yeah. Like it is, you know, it, that a lot of that conversation is is directed uh, towards the right at this point, and you know a lot of times people's grievances with what people are saying is is very fucking justified. Mm -hmm. Like you know, I don't, I don't think that people should be. It's I mean, there's no way to spin it where like somebody who's a fucking vile bigot having a huge platform is a good thing right of course. you know like that's not i mean i was thinking about like you know david duke this is like a, an older example but you know he was invited on all of these tv shows and you know ostensibly like to debate but he got like a you know he got a bunch of following like from people who were into his uh white supremacist nonsense even though you know it, he was invited on these news programs ostensibly in the you know under the guise of like hey look what a fucking crazy wrong asshole this guy is and you know even with the lead up to trump you know like if the media hadn't given him so much attention and airtime would he have been elected i don't know you know but yeah this is this is why so this you know this is a real can of worms about like the the different arms of like the censorship debate and i think that there is you just you don't need to give some people a platform like you don't no one has a right to a platform per se no one has like you know this was a, a big talking point with like the college free speech thing like um you don't have to invite charles murray to your campus to talk no. about race science and he, he, he absolutely, he absolutely fucking sucks. And <laughs> yeah. am, am I, am I ever happy to see like, um, that, a you know, a, a bigot is like speaking or, or has some kind of like big opportunity? No. But I think that the broader question of like, you know, how and when deplatforming should be used, you know, or how and when somebody should be fired from their job for, their views or how and when somebody should be even even like bullied, you know, for having certain opinions. That does, I mean, it has a lot of implications for for leftists as well. Mm -hmm. And this conversation has become very, very, very centered on the right wing. But I do think that there are, you know, a lot of unintended consequences potentially. And I mean, I don't 
I think this is an extremely complicated issue. You know, I don't totally. have like a, I don't have a soundbite opinion on it at all, but well, yeah, because those same, I mean, we've seen this happen that those same kind of, uh, arguments used against the right wing to prevent them from speaking places. It's also used. You're right. It is also used against leftists. We've seen it used against like Ilhan Omar. Yeah. And also, you know, I mean, like, as like you know hopefully you know should you know as like the people who are becoming uh class conscious increases right like you know and they're i mean do we really do we really want corporations to have the power to to you know kind of unilaterally decide what you know is I don't know what's allowed. Um, I mean, obviously, like, there's some kind of limit to, like, what should be allowed. Like, I don't think that you should be able to make fucking death threats on social media or something or, you know, of, of course not. But, you know, when it comes to, like, stuff being removed for, you know, disinformation or being just, like, shitty in general, I am, like, 100% sure that that is going to be heavily weaponized um with anything that goes against the interests of capital and you know i think it's something to think about and again it's 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 tough conversation because everyone who is making that point is the worst person on earth right now you know (laughs) and it's bad i mean like somebody like glenn greenwald i mean i think he is you know he's we make fun of him on the show all the time but you know, his, his points, you know, about, uh, surveillance, you know, Mm -hmm. like have, have been apt at some point, you know, like when, you know, when it comes to, uh, things like, you know, expressing, um, I don't know. I mean, it's just, yeah, everybody, Everybody who's making any kind of point is is the worst person to be making it, and it's uh it's it's bad. <laughs> I think, yeah, you know? I mean, yeah. I I do think I I don't know I'm I'm conflicted about this one. I am. I I feels it it's messy. It's not a straightforward answer. I because I do agree with I do agree with you. I do, but I also think that like Trump being kicked off of Twitter kind of had to happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I am not like universally it's messy. Deplatforming. It is really yeah. messy. You know, um but again, it like to to our listeners point, like people weren't even called for like there were some people who were, but I, I don't think the loudest calls for um as they related to Chappelle were for that special to be pulled. Yeah, I I agree. I was just kind of speaking more broadly. Yeah, for sure. Because the damage, you know, the damage was already done by that point. But I do think that like, and and I also think that another layer of that was Netflix's whole like, here's our slate of queer programming. And we love uh, diversity of thought. And then they just gave Chappelle a million, jillion dollars to do. Well, I mean, to me, on stage. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, 
I mean, there's, you know, there's a ton of funny comedians and uh, politics aside, platform comedians with jokes, yeah, you know, but, um, but, you know, just kind of more to the point of like, why I would, you know, want to talk to someone like Laura Kipnis is, you know, she is somebody that I do admire for her willingness to express opinions that go against the grain and i will i'll talk more specifically about what i mean right because there's a thousand ways that that could be misinterpreted Uh in a really awful sense um laura kipnis was uh, she is a professor at northwestern and you know she wrote this piece for i think the journal of higher education if not called that called something very similar but a trade publication for people who work in higher education professors and whatnot and you know, what happened was she was um, she expressed in this piece that she didn't think that her university should have a policy barring all professors from dating all students. Mm-hmm. Not that um, not that people should be able to date people that were their current students, but just like in general, you know, you're a student at a university and uh, you want to date you're an English major and you date somebody in the physics department that would not have been allowed under this policy. Um, you know, and she was brought up on like title nine, uh, hearings for expressing that, um, you know, almost lost her job. Um, and she wrote about that process and, you know, I thought it was, it was kind of chilling. And in general, I think that, you know, she's somebody that when it comes to, you know, issues of like, sexual assault, harassment, you know, she has been more on the, like, a due process, um, you know, people deserve a, you know, fair, fair hearing and, you know, has even acknowledged that, you know, maybe sometimes she is kind of uh, putting too much emphasis on the rights of the accused because there's a lot of reason why we got into a situation where, you know, that the soundbite of believe women well, the way that that originated is because people didn't for such a fucking long time. But, you know, as and still and still. Yeah. And and also as as leftists, like we should actually be in support of uh, the rights of the accused in, in uh, many or or most cases, like not at the expense of, you know, people who are being sexually assaulted but you know it again it's like it's really complicated because you know we have seen like carceral feminism be weaponized to um i to to do horrible horrible things to people and we don't want we don't actually want uh to to throw people in prison that's not the approach that that we believe in for for any any crimes you know and you know when it comes to sort of like people having, you know, the right to uh, defend themselves. I mean, again, this is a point that is often being made by the worst possible people, right? Like, it's often people people talking about, like, how do we, you know, reintegrate someone into society? What is, you know, forgiveness? They're always defending somebody. What is forgiveness? Someone who's, like, never really apologized, Uh you know, like Louis C.K. or whatever, you know, and it's always, like, you know, 
it's so yeah it's you know a lot of people are making that point to to sexist ends that i find very annoying but i i also don't think that it's like a a stupid point to be making I, and i think that it, you know it aligns with um broader leftist values to not um have this super punitive gut reaction like carceral impulse and what i admire about laura kipnis is i think that you know she is someone that is willing to make points that go against the sort of broad consensus on the left but not from a shitty place mm -hmm. and it's not even like a place that i i don't even always agree with what she says right like She's way more of like an, an old school civil libertarian than I am. But I don't think that there's stupid points to be making. I think it's important points to consider. And uh, unfortunately, just way too often you get like the, the worst people on earth <laughs> to talking about that stuff. And and she's uh, not the worst people on earth. She's actually really smart. And she's a feminist and on the right side of things. But, you know, bringing up these concerns about free speech, civil liberty, due process in a way that I, I actually find thoughtful and worth considering, even where I think her calculation uh, ends up being different than mine, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally. All right. Um, well, I think, well, anyway, I think thank you it. so much for that email, Ginger, and it probably opens up a entire new can of worms of things for people to get mad at me about, but, you know, um, I do want to talk this week. I mean, obviously, like the main thing that is on all of our timelines is the the war in Ukraine. So I, I want to talk about, you know, some of the the worst takes that we've seen. Um, what do you think? I love it. Uh, so I'll be honest. I have spent the entire week reading about what's happening in Ukraine from many, many different sources, reading, watching videos, you know, everything ranging from uh bbc to cable news in the united states to al jazeera to um you know leftist podcasts to uh you know just i mean I've, I've tried to i've tried to pursue like a very wide range of perspectives because it is really fucking hard to figure out what's going on because obviously you know there's russian propaganda and there is u.s war propaganda and ukrainians have their own interests and i mean man it is it is it's really challenging to mm -hmm. to figure out what exactly is happening so you know one of the things that we keep seeing um is these calls for a no-fly zone and um one thing i think that you can say without being any kind of uh expert in politics uh, in you know russia or ukraine is that uh, the no-fly zone is a really bad idea that involves the u.s being willing to the u.s and nato being willing to shoot down russian planes you know, which is mm -hmm. a major 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 escalation and um yeah i don't know what do you what do you think there julia been talking a lot well, even no um i was just gonna say that even joe biden thinks that this is a bad idea yeah <laughs> Yeah, I I, I haven't I've admired that he has he seems to stick to his guns on that. Um, yeah. Despite the warhawks, I mean, last night Lindsey Graham tweeted that somebody should assassinate Vladimir Putin. 
Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't know what a no-fly zone is. That's what I've been realizing, that some of these people that I've been getting really mad at don't seem to understand that this is like, let's start an air war with Russia. Mm-hmm. That's the actual call. Um, I think that they, you know, think that there's just, we just, you know, make a rule. Oh, you can't fly. But the issue is, is like the enforcement of that rule, mm-hmm. which, you know, could... Uh, lead to nuclear war and uh, right. I, I was gonna say we all agree that nuclear war is bad um but that's actually not true uh, my my second worst take of the week is that nuclear <laughs> nuclear war is is not as bad as we think and we've just started to see people all uh tweeting about this <laughs> you know that the fear of nuclear winter is overestimated and that it's actually possible to survive nuclear war and oh man that is that's got to be the weirdest fucking type of uh, reply guy possible <laughs> agree hard agree um and uh you know i think man there was another one th- this was really funny we had um hillary clinton on cable news talking about um arming she was talking about like you know in terms of uh ukraine she was talking about like arming the insurgents there and kind of comparing it to uh afghanistan and talking about like how um we you know armed the insurgents in afghanistan against the uh soviets and totally uh neglected to say that those insurgents that we armed became the Taliban and Al Qaeda, <laughs> which feels like a very important point. <laughs> that's not good. Um, yeah, and so, you know, I think there's definitely you know, an important, an important omission. On yeah, there, part. yeah, there, I mean, there, there might be some un, unintended consequences and there is, you know, it's, it's like just to make it blatantly, blatantly clear. Like, I think that it's really bad that Putin invaded Ukraine. I think this is like a fucking terrible, 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 terrible thing to do. And also, um, I think that it's, um, I don't know, there might be some unintended consequences of giving arms to, you know, some of these far right groups that, you know, in some cases are, you know, are these, these militant far right militias in Ukraine. It's just, it's something to, to keep an eye on because we Mm -hmm. have seen this have unintended consequences in the past. And then the last uh, worst take of the week that I will do is just more broadly that, you know, any sort of analysis of the U S or NATO's role in this situation is pro Putin. Um, We have seen this one all over Twitter and, you know, there was, you know, multiple, People uh, slammed the DSA for their statement that NATO was partially to blame in in escalation here. And they called for the U.S. to withdraw from NATO. And, you know, people all over, like, you know, saying that this was, you know, pro-Putin propaganda or whatever. There are many reasons. There are many legitimate reasons that uh, one can oppose NATO, including the war in Afghanistan, Libya, that this is a military alliance that was uh designed to stop the soviet union which no longer exists um Mm -hmm. there are people i mean you know i don't think talking about the u.s or nato's role is is pro-putin 
whatsoever. In fact, it's no. that's a, a meaningful aspect of how peace would ever be achieved in this situation right. because I don't think that there's any world that Vladimir Putin is going to say, yeah, go ahead and point guns at me from the border. It's, he's just not uh-huh. going to do that, you know? So anyway. Totally agree. Yeah. This is podcast funded by uh, Vladimir Putin, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we have to wrap up here in a second. Um, what a week. Um, stay strong. Uh, and, you know. Solidarity. Yeah, it's solidarity. It's going to be, you know, it's it's hard to uh, oppose U.S. militarism. You might get canceled, you know, so, (laughs) you know, look out out there. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Reply Guys. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Reply Guys, where we have a catalog of over 25 bonus interviews with renowned writers, journalists, and comedians, with an additional episode uploaded each week. The show is hosted by Kate Willett and me, Julia Clare. Our producer is Genevieve Garrity. Our theme song was performed by Emily Fremgen, who wrote the song with Kate Willett. Our artwork is by Adrian Lobel. If you want to find us on Twitter, we're at Kate Willett with two L's and two T's. And I'm at OJuliaTweets, O-H-JuliaTweets. And Twitter is where you can, of course, also find our reply guys. They are always with us. Bernie, take us out. walking that ribbon of highway I saw above me that endless skyway I saw below me that golden valley this land was made for you and me this land is your land